You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Necessary Roughness. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, T.J., the Lions are 8-3, obviously haven't played their best football over the last couple of games. They come away with a win against Chicago with late-game heroics, even though Jared Goff had the three interceptions. We talked about that last week. This week against Green Bay, didn't throw the interceptions, but laid the ball on the ground three times. Not all on him, but he's the one that's charged with protecting the ball. Defensively, you know, obviously they come out. Jordan Love hits Christian Watson on the very first play of the game for 53 yards, set the tempo of the game, kind of set the the tenor of the game. But do Lions fans have a right right now to feel panic, or should they feel panic about where this team is? Panic, no. I mean, I needed the long weekend, like I'm sure a lot of us did, to kind of regroup and regather my thoughts. Uh, This is still an 8-3 football team. You know, 11 games into it with six to go. Uh, however, I would say there it would be fair to have some concern. Uh, certainly the way the offense has played the last two weeks, not up to their standard. Uh, seven turnovers now in the last two games. That's not good. Um, <laughs> obviously, the passing game looks like uh, it is, you know, unrecognizable at times. And sometimes, you know, you look and you say it's easy to kind of blame the quarterback and, and say, man, just throw it right. Your timing's off. I got the sense that coach wasn't happy with the receivers after the game. So we don't, we, there's a lot that goes into that. Obviously the protection was the worst we've seen it all season. Those guys just call it what it is, had a bad day up front. Yeah. Um, and they'll be the first to tell you that as well. But I would say I, I have a little bit of concern right now. Um, there just feels like some of these, some of these issues that we've had really all season, that haven't really burned us yet. You keep saying, man, we're playing with fire, right? Nah, we're not pass- We're not rushing the passer like we should. Uh, you know, probably going to run into a game where that's going to kill you. Right, man, we turned the ball over, right? It's not costing us any game. We turned it over three times against the Raiders. We won. We turned it over four times against the Bears. We won. Sometimes you don't address those 
areas of need after a win because you can kind of get swept under the rug a little bit. You say, yeah, yeah, turn it over. But, you know, we're still winning the game. You know, it's not killing us. Eventually, it's going to kill you. All those things kind of formulated into one big bubble that just popped on Thursday, just popped against the uh, against the, uh, the Packers. And uh, we know, man, at division games, it, it's hard to win games like that, especially when one of the turnovers goes back for a touchdown. It's hard to win games, um, you know, when your defense isn't finding a way to make an impact play and, uh, you know, take the ball away, do something to get the momentum back on your side. It's hard to win games like that. Um, but, yeah, I would say <clears throat> panic, no. Concern? I think that would be fair because I'm concerned. And I think the biggest concern is, look, Jared Goff, you know, not just so much the passing attack that looks like it hasn't been good the last couple of weeks, the turnovers or something you're going to have to figure out. And the defense, the pass rush, it's something you're going to have to figure out, man. You know what I mean? Like it's really, you're making it really hard on yourself. You're making it really hard on your secondary. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're giving these quarterbacks four five, six, seven seconds uh, to find guys open, that's going to kill you down the stretch. So those are two things in my opinion, that that stand out as being the most concern um, that they're going to have to hopefully hit the ground running this week and, and get back on track. Obviously, the turnovers are a point of major concern. You mentioned it already, the interceptions against Chicago, the fumbles against Green Bay, the lack of producing turnovers defensively. Still, that's an area of concern as well. And when you look at the numbers, though, Jared Goff, you know, 32 yards passing, Two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked three times. You rushed the ball for 140 yards. You kind of feel like you would have been in it more. Let's take a look at this from Green Bay's side as well. Green Bay, they came in dinged up, a lot of injuries. But what we saw from Jordan Love, and kind of what we've seen from Jordan Love throughout the course of the season, the first time that the Lions and, and Packers played in Green Bay Thursday night, third week of the season, he made some mistakes. Throughout the course of the year, he's progressively grown up a little bit. He's been getting a little bit better. What did you see from the Green Bay Packers that caused issues for the Lions? Uh, I thought Jordan Love was way too comfortable in the pocket. I mean, the first time they played at Lambeau in week four, uh, this defensive line terrorized the Packers' offensive line. They were in Jordan Love's hip pocket the entire game. They were forcing him into making uh, bad decisions, rush decisions, um, you know, decisions that ultimately led to turnovers. Uh, this this past Thursday, I did not see really any plays where, you know, you're, you're forcing J- Jordan Love to make a mistake. I mean, you just let him get way too comfortable back and there. And he was really accurate. And he was really accurate. And, and look, he, I mean, that first touchdown pass he threw to Jaden Reed was – it was a laser. It was probably between about four guys. I mean, there he had one of his own receivers out there too, running kind of an out route. I think it was Christian Watson. Reed ran a slant behind him. Lions had it pretty well covered. I mean, it was just a good throw, but there's no pressure, right? The yeah. guy's just one, two, three K check, right, check left, zip the ball. Um, anytime you can play, you know, on pace like that, I mean, you, you, every quarterback in the NFL is good enough to beat you, you know, if you can't cover. I just think we didn't get any rush on him. And the the rush coverage aspect of it, there was no there was no marriage. It didn't match up. There were times where there was a little bit of pressure, but then you look out and it's a third and eight and the corners are playing 15 yards off the line of scrimmage and they just take a 10-yard out and thank you very much, you know, keep the chains moving. Uh, there were times where the coverage was really good. And you're sending, you know, maybe an extra guy, you know, blitzing. The first play of the game, they sent the safety blitz. Kirby Joseph's blitzing off the edge. They pick it up. 
Jordan Love sits back there and note one, two, nope, nope. Okay, let's take a bomb, right? It was yeah. just kind of one of those games where you could never get him uh, out of rhythm. And that killed him. I mean, that killed him defensively. And how bad they felt, you know, after the game, it was like, man, I'm disgusted with this defense. They can't do anything. They can't rush the pass or they can't get a takeaway. The crazy thing is I go back and it's like, okay, they had a fumble for a touchdown. They also had a fake punt, you know, that they didn't get. They had fumbled the ball again inside their own three. Like, and I think the defense probably, in my opinion, probably was for 15 points, which is still good enough to win yeah, you most of the games win, in yeah. the NFL. So that's the weird part is that, you know, it doesn't feel like they're making any splash plays, but you feel like they're still grinding away and they're still good enough to hold teams, uh, you know, at least give their offense an opportunity to go win games. Um, I just thought, man, you, you got to find a way to affect the quarterback early in the game because especially guys like Jordan Love and Justin Fields, if you like get them get into a rhythm, they're going to kill you all game. Um, if you can find a way to affect them early and disguise your coverages and mix up the pre-snap versus what you're doing post-snap looks, now you can sort of manufacture some plays that you're going to have a chance to take away the ball. I just didn't see them do that nearly enough on defense. Well, we've seen them go for fourth downs quite a bit. That's what Dan Campbell um, is kind of known for uh, the gamble on fourth down. And I didn't really have an issue with a lot of, especially you start to get into the second half and you're pressing a little bit, you're going to take some chances on fourth down. They didn't have any success on fourth down, but the one that I had an issue with, we've talked about this. We talked to Dan Campbell about it going into the bye week. Hey, coming out of halftime, you've been sluggish offensively. haven't been able to put points on the board. Well, they come out of halftime and they go right down the field. They get a touchdown. They force a punt. It's 23 14. They get stalled on their own 23. And then Dan Campbell goes for the fake punt. Now, it's sooner or later, it's going to bite you in the ass and obviously bit him in the ass. And he mentioned at the end of the game, I'm, you know, I regret putting the players in that position. It was a bad call. I, I get all of those things, but. Was there a sense on the sidelines like they were going for that no matter what? Or you and I have both been, even though you know I was a long snapper at, at times, you were probably never on the punt team, but we've been in those meetings where, hey, if we get this look, we're going to run this fake. Yeah. If not, hey, kill, 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 whatever your, your, your buzzword is, hey, it's off and we punt the ball away. Was that one on called no matter what because Green Bay had it well defended yeah it kind of looked like one of the in the operation I think you nailed it it's either you send in the punt and you say if we get this look you you have the freedom to check to this fake yeah or you send in the fake and say if they got it covered up kill kill or punt it away that to me looked like a called play that we're running this fake punt no matter what this is a time where we and that's where yeah. and that's where I think Dan kind of regretted it because it felt like you started pressing you started going all in way too early right like you said, I mean, of course, you want to score every possession. You score coming out of half to make it a nine-point game, and then you force a punt. You get the ball back. That's one of those where, yeah, if you can, you know, make that a seven-point game or an eight-point game, or I'm, I'm sorry, a two-point game at that point or a one-point game, yeah. you'd love to do. You feel like that's a huge momentum swing, but you don't need to press it. You know what I mean? Like your defense had just started playing better, right? They started getting a couple stops. Just It, it was at that time of the game, it felt like – if you're going to call a fake punt, that felt like the most obvious time to do it. And that's where I think we've seen Dan Campbell be really good because some of these fake punts are coming at times where nobody expects it. I think everybody kind of – that didn't shock anybody. It certainly didn't surprise uh, the Packers. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of the 
you know, last dagger, I think, in that game where uh, if you could have punted and gotten another three and out, who knows? You know, you start to play one of those games. There was just too much time left, in my opinion, uh, to really start pushing all your chips in the middle of the table and really start pressing for points. Um, Because like Dan said, I mean, it came back to bite him in the ass. And uh, that was a call that, you know, I'm certainly he regretted. And, you know, it turned out to be a big, big call in that game. Right. And so, I mean, you, you go out to L.A., um, and you get into a shootout. You play the Bears, and you're you're lucky to win at the end. Um, some mismanagement by them, uh, but it's playmaking by you. Then you lose to Green Bay uh, at home on a short week, and you mentioned it. Some of those things that are sometimes glossed over. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com in a win, now you have 10 days before you go on the road and you play the New Orleans Saints. Hopefully it is a, you know, a refocus on offense simply of protecting the football. You can't lay it on the ground. You can't throw interceptions. If they, This offense has been an explosive offense every single game. They find ways to, whether it's Amon Ross St. Brown, you've got J-Mo coming on, Laporte has been a, a, a uh, had an outstanding rookie season in the backfield. You got a healthy Montgomery Gibbs. Like all of those different things are positives for this. And the offensive line, even though they had, you know, probably their worst outing uh, against Green Bay, they're still a damn good offensive line. They don't get knocked down out of that top five offensive line. I still think they're probably second in the in the in the league, second only to to Philadelphia. But they've got to respond. They get ten days to make those adjustments defensively. Feel a way to pressure the quarterback, play a little bit sound, a little bit more sound defensively, but they're going to go on the road to, to New Orleans. New Orleans has lost three of their last five. They lost to Jacksonville. They had two wins against Indianapolis and Chicago. 
then they lost to Minnesota, and they lost to Atlanta. What do you see going on the road as a has to happen for this team to get just back on pace, back to that eight and three team that you look and you say, are they regressing? Well, they had a slump. I think if they, I mean, obviously they're on the road to, to New Orleans, they're on the road in Chicago. It's going to be a cold weather game and you've got to find a way. They have to win both. Obviously that's the ideal. You want to win yeah. both, but if, are you okay with them splitting the difference? I mean, it, you don't want to lose two to Chicago or I know they didn't lose, but it felt like it. Right, in the division, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a game I certainly expect them to get back on track. You know, I, I think that this long weekend and, you know, even Monday when you get back into the building, it's time to, you know, pull that rug up and pull everything out that you've kind of swept under there and, and really start to address, right? And I think that, look, even last week, I thought playing on Thursday after that Sunday Chicago game was not ideal because there were a lot of mistakes that were made in that Chicago game and you didn't have time to address them. You, you showed up normal Monday, you come back, you reassess the game, you go through Watch what happened. Film. You come back Monday right after that game and it's boom, we're on to the Packers. We don't have time to address the Chicago, uh, you know, what, what the issues. Were. So going into that Thursday game, you didn't really have kind of that sense of urgency or that point of emphasis. So, okay, these, these are things we got to fix. Now you have this long weekend. Now you have the 10 day stretch where it's time to uncover that rug. It's time to pull everything out and say, Guys, we're doing really good at these are the things that we're not, and these are the things that are going to kill us if we continue to uh, play like this, right? Uh, for me, it's the offense. They got to find the rhythm back. You know, I, I just haven't seen enough uh, rhythm in the passing game uh, the last couple weeks. That kind of, and we kind of mentioned, Coach. You know, said the receivers were they played their part. Uh, in that as well. It's not just all on Jared Goff, but you got to find the rhythm back in the passing game. I want to see him try to find that that deep passing game back again. You know, we saw it earlier in the season. They're taking shots downfield. They're getting one-on-one coverage. Jared Goff's giving his guys a chance to make plays. Uh, that's kind of gone away from this offense. It's kind of gone back more to the, uh, you know, quick under, out, under routes, the dump off, the checks, the, you know, the intermediate kind of cross round that teams are starting to hone in on a little bit and I think that the Lions have struggled to adjust in game to some of those uh, coverages that they're seeing from the opposing team defenses I think this is a week for Ben Johnson uh, to put everything in front of him and say okay what are we doing best what are teams doing best that's you know giving us issues and find a solution for that uh, when it comes to the passing game because the running game has still been pretty damn good I mean even last week you know the last two games you didn't get enough opportunities based off the way those games went you're down two scores in the fourth quarter. We know that, you know, you can't necessarily keep running the ball when that's the case. The running game has still been good. They got to find a way to start faster, though, right? I think that if that first quarter against the, the Packers, not enough chunk yardage, not enough runs where it's like we're starting to loosen them up. You're starting to see the safeties creep down. You saw a lot of like one, two, three, two, three, right? It, it, that's not the way that they want to play. You got to start bouncing these four, five, four, five, and then maybe you're starting him to 10 and 12 early. That's how you loosen everything up for, for the passing game. And de defense, look, you have to get some. I mean, it's you can't put it all on the coaches. I mean, John, I've watched them the last two weeks play zone, play man, blitz five guys, blitz six guys, blitz seven guys, rush three guys. It's like whatever they're doing, man, this you're not getting enough consistency from your defensive line right now. So you have to manufacture ways. Maybe you have to turn yourself in, not your whole defense, but find times during the games on third downs or second and longs where you're showing exotic looks. You're showing looks like we see, 
Baltimore or yeah. Minnesota where, my God, there's eight guys at the line of scrimmage. We don't know who's coming. Let's run this protection. And, hey, they're bringing six from this side. They're bringing four from that. They're, now they're dropping eight. Oh, my God. That's how you kind of manufacture not only pressure but chances to take the ball away. So if I'm Aaron Glenn, I, I also look at that. I say, how can I help my guys try to manufacture a little bit of a pass rush so we're not just relying on them just when you're one-on-ones, when you're one-on-ones, when you're one-on-ones. They haven't been doing the winning the one-on-ones consistently uh, enough this season. So as a coach, it's up to you to make some adjustments. So hopefully those are some things that they looked at kind of in the mirror over this long weekend and said, you know what, we got six games left. Obviously, this is a time of year where if we want to reach all of our goals come, you know, late December and January, yeah. we're going to have to start playing our best football right now. I do think that um, they are a team that can do that, and that's why I kind of go back where – I don't think there's time to panic because I think this team has proven to us over the course of the last 20 odd games, they usually find a way to rebound. So, you know, it's going to be up to the coaches, it's going to be up to the players, but I, I think this is a game for St. You go into New Orleans, it's not going to be an easy game. Yeah. They can play good defense and Derek Carr, if you give him time, he'll pick you apart. He'll be a good quarterback. Right. But those are two things that you're going to have to really put a point of emphasis on this week going into that game. So here's the question offensively is how close was Jonah Jackson, do you think, to being able to be available for that Green Bay game? And do you think he'll be back for this New Orleans game? Because as, as I think Sorsdahl will be a quality offensive lineman. I didn't think if he played bad, he didn't end up getting benched. But I thought there were times where the interior of that offensive line got overwhelmed. Yeah, that was the first time all season I saw a lot of, a lot of pressure up the middle. And uh that's a weakness against this team, man. You know, like when your quarterback can't step up, you know, yeah. and now you're throwing, it's making the job on the tackles a little bit harder. Even the sack, you know, Decker let up late to Rashawn Gary. I mean, he's at about 10 yards, right? Yeah. As an offensive lineman, up you would say, you know, that's a pretty good job, but Jerry wasn't comfortable stepping up in the pocket based off of some of that internal pressure he had saw all day. Um, and you see how it affects the entire line. Jonah, I don't, I didn't have a good feeling about him playing Thursday only because it's a short week. You don't really have time to go test it out in yeah. practice and you're not in pads. You're not punching. You're not using that wrist. Like you, you, you are going to be on game day. So I didn't think there was really any way for him to test it out to see if he was going to be ready. Um, it didn't seem like at the time, you know, after that, I think it was uh, the LA game where he got hurt. It didn't seem like at the time that uh, he was concerned about it being a, a too long of a term type deal. So Hopefully he's a guy that they can get back because we see the difference that it makes when he's when he's at that left guard position for that offense. Um, so I I will obviously have to see how the injury report goes this week, and you know by the time we get our next show out on Friday, we'll have a much better feel for that. But he's a guy that you look at and say, man, like team needs you. You know what I mean? Team needs you. There's not a lot of guys right now that are playing at 100% going into week 13. Everybody's a little beat up. Everybody's a little banged up. Uh, you know, message to Jonah would be. Man, if you can go, go. You got to find a way because you, you've seen now how much this team misses you when you're not on that field. And they need you. If they want to you know, accomplish their goals here in six weeks, they're, they're going to need him to play. At the end of the week, we'll talk a little bit more about the New Orleans game uh, and the trip down there. But big picture. All right. Philly, um, big time win. Yeah. Uh, last two yesterday. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Couple, last couple of weeks, but big time win. And they've got some tough games coming up. I know they got the Niners. Um, I believe they've got Dallas in the next three weeks. Uh, but Philly, San Francisco, who seems to be you know hitting their stride back on rhythm uh, with uh, with the, the addition of Chase Young. I know before the weekend, the three weeks that he had been suited up, they had had 15 sacks. 
Um, so obviously it's been a huge impact, not him uh, by himself, but the, the, the team as, as a whole have been able to pressure quarterbacks. So you've got Philly, you've got um, San Francisco and Dallas. Where, how do the Lions right now, just a snapshot in time, match up with those three teams? Obviously, we'll get a chance to see Dallas at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, based off the last two games, I wouldn't feel very confident against either of those teams. You know what I mean? And that's what that's what you can go off of, based off how they're playing football right now. Um, I got to be honest with you, John. Even if Seattle came to town again, you know, I I I can't sit here and say, based off of what I've seen the last. You know, week now with Thursday and last Sunday, they got some work to do. They got some work to do to get their way back into that conversation okay, of now so, competing with those teams. I think they can do it. I'm not saying now, but this is a conversation down the road. And, and if they turn it around this week and next week, then it's certainly a different, conversation, it's a different right. conversation. But where we're sitting at right here, right now, the kind of rut that they're kind of stuck in. Uh, they're going to have to pull their way out of that before I really start to feel confident again that uh, they can match up with a Philly. They can match up with a San Fran. They can match up with a Dallas team, or the, even they can match up with a Seattle team that they've lost uh, two years in a row at home to. You know what I mean? So um, I think do I think they could do it? Yes. There's been times this year where we've seen we're playing good football and San Fran's going through a rut, right? Yeah. It all three de- in a row. Yeah, it all depends on, you know, when you get them and, and how, hard, you know, how hot you are. But I do believe in this team. I do believe in this offense to be able to bounce back and kind of reassert themselves back into that top five category of an explosive team, a powerful team, a physical team, uh, you know, a team that can take you down to the fourth quarter and deliver that haymaker late in the game. I do think they can get back to that, um, but they're going to have to prove it because, you know, if you do it once, you have one kind of crappy game, you're like, okay, you know, kind of, you know, whatever. Two in a row starts to become a pattern a little bit. No. They're gonna they're gonna have to break that pattern before I start as a fan feeling more comfortable about you know what kind of chances we have come uh, come January. All right, so once then twice in a row, and and this this part of the podcast isn't gonna last very long because we're recording this on Monday. You're probably gonna be watching this hopefully or, or listening to it uh, today, but tonight, Minnesota and Chicago, all right, division matchup, Josh Dobbs. Um, has gone into Minnesota and really lit things on fire. Um, how sustainable is it? <laughs> now, if they lose to Chicago, obviously we're sitting here going, yeah, you know, because we got to play twice in the last three weeks. But how sustainable is the Josh Jobs magic in 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 Minnesota? Um, I mean, I I don't think it is. Like, I think it's kind of a flash in the pan right now, and. A lot of cute stuff. Oh, look at the way he's running the ball. Oh, my God, yeah. so cute. But uh, I don't think it's sustainable. And I could be wrong because I said that after the first game, and then he put really two more games back-to-back that you're like, God, you can't keep doing this, man. <laughs> you know, what's going on here? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, Josh Dobbs has been on three different teams this year for a reason. You know what I mean? Has he finally found the spot that is conducive to him, like a Geno Smith in Seattle? Possibly. Do I believe it? No, I don't. I think he's got a good enough team around him um, to keep winning. I think his defense, the Vikings yeah. defense is good now. I mean, they're legit. They can get after the passer. They take the ball away. That's a good defense. Um, so I really think any quarterback in a system like that, you're going to have a chance to win because you're going to be, I mean, Minnesota, you score 20 points, 21 points. Your defense probably good enough to win you most of those games. 
uh, which is what they've been doing out of that Broncos game when the Broncos scored uh, late last weekend when we saw them play last. But Minnesota's a team, look, I mean, they're kind of, uh, you know, that that loss last week that they had against Denver kind of made us all kind of wipe the brow a little bit. And, okay, all right, you know, we've we got a little bit of breathing room. Um, I think it's going to be probably going to come down to those last two or three weeks in this division on who can close games out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Josh Dobbs, it doesn't scare me at all. Um, I mean, he's a good athlete, which <laughs> anytime we play a good athlete, a quarterback doesn't usually go well. Um, but I just, man, I, I I don't think his magic can continue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, and maybe that's just the biased fan in me that I don't want it to continue. So I'm going to tell so myself it can't. It can't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who knows? It could. But no, I think, uh, I think Minnesota is a good team. And I think he's in a good situation right now. They're, but they're just going to have to keep winning games based off of uh, how their defense is playing because they've been – I mean, they're the reason why they're 6-5. and five. They're the reason they kind of turned it around after that 1-4 and four start, whatever it was, uh, to get to 6-5. and five. Um, And obviously that's a good situation for a lot of quarterbacks to be in. Yeah, well, at the end of the week, we'll give you a little scouting report as to what it looks like with the Lions going down to New Orleans, playing in the Superdome. Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to give you some more information on whether Jonah Jackson will be back or not. He's the one uh, major injury that we're waiting to hear about. Um, we'll see if he practices on Wednesday, but uh, make sure for all your lines information, you stay tuned in here on Necessary Roughness.